Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows strange things are afoot at the Circle K. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. McClunky. <laughs> What's up, man? Um, uh, not too much. You? How, uh, how does the quarantine treat you this week? Uh, it's about the same. It's, um, it's getting a little more boring, a little <laughs> more tedious, but I've been uh, decently productive. Uh, doing a lot of drawing and stuff like that, so that's good. But uh, how about you? Um, I am. Uh, I am like in the like. I have. I. I know we don't want to necessarily talk about um, virus related stuff because we want to be a little more upbeat. And we're not trying to be depressing, but there is some stuff regarding this that has me completely fascinated right now. So uh, so I have okay. to so I have to talk a little bit. Um, I've been thinking a lot this week about how when this is all over. So let's just, let's just say hypothetically, this ends April 30th when they lift the, um, when they lift the stay at home order, if that's actually a thing, which by the way, I think we're getting another extension. I really do. Um, and, uh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to be, uh, June 1st. And that's my, my personal opinion is I think what's going to happen if not later. Um, and I think we could see another round of this, um, in the fall. The problem is, in my head, is I was thinking about this on an economic level with um, movies and sports and like and all like entertainment in general. Let's say, let's just say hypothetically this gets lifted April 30th and we can all go back to doing stuff, right? And they're like, hey, time to host sporting events. No one's going to go. You're, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, and I think there's two sides to the coin because I think... There's a lot of people who still are gonna go. Like a lot of people are like healthier. People, and, people you know, They're younger, healthier. They, they're not as scared. You know. Right. But, there, there's gonna be a handful of people that are gonna go. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, like the money that is involved with like sports entertainment, like they're not gonna be raking in the dollars that they would. Um, absolutely. Like it's, it, it, they're gonna be very down in profits. So how do you drive an entertainment business that way? When movie theaters open, like that's one thing to be outside at a baseball game and someone cough. You're outside, right? And there's a, uh, you know, but when you're inside a stuffy room at a movie theater, sitting next to how many people? Like I've, we've heard about theater shootings, right? And people are like, I don't want to go to the theater. I don't want to deal with you know that nonsense. You're gonna be worried yeah. about the guy coughing in the back of the theater in the beginning of the trailers. No one's gonna go to movies. So I've just been completely fascinated by the idea of what does that mean for our entertainment industry? What does that mean for sports? As far as I'm concerned, sports are done until like someone has the guts to like put them back on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you feel Do you feel with sports that the audience has a big part in? Like, um, okay, so I'll give a comparison because like I like I follow a, a ton of like tra- 
musicians and bands and stuff on social media and uh one thing that's been trending lately is bands doing uh, some kind of performance, but it's like not in front of an audience because obviously people can't go to concerts and stuff. And I feel like that changes the dynamic of like a live performance so much. But as far as like a sports match of any kind, do you think that the audience is a big part of that experience or no? I think the audience is a big part of it for you think so for profit. Um, that's true. Just profit alone, I think they're a big part of it. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, like if they never suspended <clears throat> the NBA or whatever, and uh, they just had like audienceless basketball games, like I wonder how that would be. <laughs> you know, and, like, oh. Would people not be into it and stuff? Because it does make me wonder, like, our sports. If they're not going to sell the tickets to the stadiums, are they just going to be sort of like? I don't know, like people playing at the game still, but they're just completely separated from the audience. I well, really and they, well, that was the thing. It was on the news this morning. They were talking about uh, the uh, uh, MLB was talking about doing a finishing up the baseball season down in Arizona. Uh, all the teams would go down there. And then no fans would be allowed in the stadiums. They would still play. They, they would still play the game. <laughs> right. So first off, that's going to be weird to have a uh, these stadiums empty and these guys playing. <laughs> Secondly, it's it'll be look just so depressing. <laughs> it will. It'll look depressing. But here's the other part. The other issue to that is that it'll look. Um, you're going to have thirty teams with X amount of players in the same locale hanging out. Are they going to have room for social distancing? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you basically I mean, you're basically creating a you're then, you're creating a baseball melting pot. <laughs> so. No, absolutely, because those players are going to be right next to each other when they play. So it's right. Um, so and that just makes you think about all the other sports. So like, and so I think sports is going to be done for a while, and I don't think people really understand that, and that's kind of messed up. And like, I can't even imagine like you know you and I are. In a, we have a podcast where we talk about movies and TV, and we're going to get to how that's going to get affected in a minute. But these sports, these sportscasters on the radio, they are literally they have nothing to talk about. <laughs> so yeah, um, like yeah, their careers, about that. their careers are predicated on new information constantly because they always would watch the game and talk about it, and they'd watch the next game and talk about it. like they don't have anything but history, and we all know what happened with that you know what i mean like you can't go back to a sporting event and rewatch and like reanalyze where i can go back to any movie rewatch and reanalyze um the uh so i was thinking about that but i was also thinking about the entertainment thing like where are we going to be seeing you know it's smart for disney to be putting out movies on a disney plus right some things are going to go straight to disney plus and they're going to hold stuff for theater releases well with that being said cuz you know, they open the movie theater back up and you know they want to hold Black Widow for that box office dollar. Um, is anyone going to go? Is Black Widow going to be looked at as a box office flop because people are going to be too afraid to go to the theater? Right. They're not going to get the, they're not going to get the returns that they're going to make on spending the month making these big budget movies. Or is it um, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like I had a thought, and then like you, like you said a bunch of stuff, so I think I lost it. Oh, uh, oh no! Like just as Hollywood's uh, standards for or what is a box office flap or a success, is that going to completely change? You know, maybe only half of the people actually go out to see the movie in theaters than you know they used to, but they still consider that a success just because 
that's the amount of people who are going to come out. I mean, I don't really know. Right. And it's just, that's the thing. Like, you know, I was, you know, where I'd be like one of the first people on my butts to see it because we got to like talk about it on the show or whatever. Am I going to be up for going, you know, or am I going to be wearing a, you know, gas mask while I sit in the theater and watch it? Um, <laughs> but you see I mean, my, maybe. but you see my point. Um, but I was also thinking about like other like movie, like prediction stuff, like the movie Demolition Man, where they outlawed physical contact, um, because of diseases. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but yeah. I was thinking about it in this sense. There is going to be when this, all, when this is all over, there's going to be no more handshakes, no more shaking hands, no more high fives. Hugs are going to be like at a bare minimum, maybe when you see people like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in a while. Is, are you going to get a hug from someone? I don't know. And then I was thinking about um, how, and this is a real dark one, is that the word, the, the phrase stay safe is now the new goodbye. Um, right. And that's a really dark way to think about it, but you don't, I, I can't have a conversation with anyone now without the conversation ending with stay safe. As you, yeah. as you part ways. So it's just, it's just weird, but it has my brain like all over the place. And I think it's really fascinating. So I, um, I mean, I think I might be more of a shut in than you. Cause I guess I haven't talked to enough, enough people that have uh, <laughs> told me to stay safe and stuff like that <laughs> in general. Like I kind of, uh, want to say like, I kind of want to look at this a little more positively. And I feel like, I think you're right for like, half a year or so after this all like people aren't going to be giving hugs and shaking hands and stuff but i like i guess i have faith that things will return back to normal it's just uh i guess people just hopefully there's an end to this uh epidemic and then hopefully people can see that eventually there's not going to be anything to worry about and then uh and then yeah and then things can go back to the way they were but i yeah. don't know <laughs> right um yeah, so it's just like, and I'll probably have some more stuff about that as we go into news, um, just because we actually have news tonight. Um, oh, nice. So, uh, and I don't want to spend forever, and I don't want to, I don't want to spend forever on this because I know our list is going to take up a lot of our stuff. So we're going to have to roll <laughs> through news too because we're going to be, we're going to be talking for a while, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, let's roll into it. Um, I just, I wanted to get that off my chest now because I'm like, it will, it will, we're probably going to circle back to some of that stuff as we go. Um, but it's just really blowing my mind, some of this stuff that's going on right now when I like really break it down. And one of the things I will say, um, and I don't know if you watch uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Um, um, here and there, I'm not like okay. a religious watcher of it or anything. Um, I, I love it. John Oliver is probably one of the... Honestly, I, I truly believe he's one of the best sources of news right now, um, and it's mostly because all this stuff happens throughout the week, and like you try and keep up with the news, you try and follow it, you try and understand. Most of it's virus, some of it's complicated, some of it's not, but I can sit down Sunday night at the end of the week after absorbing all this stuff, and then John Oliver sits down and breaks it down and analyzes it in a very... Um, very uh, nicely packaged way. So I'm like, oh, that's what they meant, or oh, that's what they were talking about. And I don't want to say he's dumbing it down for the layman's, but he's talking about it in a way that we can relate to easier, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, yeah. And we're like, oh, right, okay. And you can laugh at it too because he's trying to make jokes about it as well. So all I got to say is, John Oliver, if you're listening, um, mad props to what you're doing. Keep doing it because in terms of all these like talk show hosts and uh, tonight the late show people and all that stuff, I think he's doing the best job 
um, out of all of them for the situation where everyone's working from home and trying to do their shows from their houses and stuff. Like, you know, I mean, Fallon's doing some cool stuff, like what he's trying to do with guests and bringing them on like uh remotely but what john oliver is doing i think is just phenomenal and um, i can't give him enough praise so john oliver thank you for what you're doing keep up the great work uh, <laughs> right and I, th- I think you need uh you need people to break things down for you because so much of the things that you hear about on the news are either like using super legal terminology or sort of like a politically correct skew that to make it just sound as good as possible i guess but then right. sometimes you just need somebody to tell you stuff like the way that normal people talk and like uh i mean you go into anything like whether it's like buying a house or you know a lot of different things you can do there's always this jargon that you kind of have to wade through before you even know what's going on and i imagine maybe there's a couple people listening to the podcast who are just like man i wish they wouldn't be so technical and just talk in layman terms oh yeah you know i i have a feeling that comes up too like when we go on like i i know there's some movie stuff we've talked about where that's come up so yeah yeah all right well how about this let's um Let's get off this nonsense. Uh, what are you watching? What are you reading? That kind of stuff. Right. So, so I mentioned earlier, I've actually been like pretty productive. Um, like I'm doing a lot of artwork and working on this new project that I don't want to say too much about yet. But I did get the chance to watch a few things. Um, one of the ones I wanted to mention, and I'll make this like super quick. But uh, last night uh, we watched this movie on Netflix called, uh, and you're gonna laugh at the title because it sounds super corny, but it's called uh, Love Wedding Repeat. <laughs> so it's this uh, romantic comedy that's on Netflix, and uh, I think it might be a Netflix original. I'm not really sure, but uh, I was actually just kind of like really surprised how much enjoyment I got out of this movie, and like kind of uh, how well done it was. Even though the title of it, I kind of cringed when I first heard of it. Have you seen this at all? Or no, you know? no. Um, and like when you said that, it made me think of like. Um... It almost made me think of the movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, yes, okay. Because yeah. of the, just because of the title, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, "Isn't that like, isn't Edge of Tomorrow like Live Die Repeat?" Or that was the original title of the movie, I think. Because the movie went through like four different title changes, and I think eventually it ended up on Edge of Tomorrow. Um, right. <laughs> um, but and, Live and Die Repeat was one of the movies, movie. and. Oh, yeah. sorry. Keep going. I think Live Die Repeat was one of the titles that it was like advertised as. So. Yeah, um, so this movie actually is kind of similar to that, which is funny. Um, so I can like break down the plot like pretty similar uh, or pretty easily. It's basically about there's this guy who um, his sister is getting married and uh, she has like this crazy ex-boyfriend guy who crashes the wedding and is trying to ruin it. So basically um, – the, the guy who's like the crazy ex-boyfriend weasels his way into getting a seat at the wedding and uh, the sister doesn't want uh, the sister who got married she doesn't want this guy to ruin her wedding so she tasks her brother with uh, basically drugging the guy's champagne like slipping some uh, it's like this substance she takes it's kind of like sleeping pills it's like a really strong sedative so the idea is the guy crashing the wedding is going to drink this is going to drink the sedative, fall asleep, and he won't be able to ruin the wedding sort of thing. But what happens is after the um, brother puts the sedative in the guy's champagne glass, uh, he walks away and he thinks all is good, but this group of kids who are just screwing around go up to the table and they start switching everybody's uh, 
uh, name tags. So where everybody's supposed to sit, they end up sitting in different spots. And basically what the movie does is they show all the different timelines for each person who could possibly be drugged and uh, how like the events of the wedding play out from there. And uh, the whole time this is going on, the main guy, the uh, brother of the bride, he's in love with a girl at the wedding, and uh, it kind of shows like who ends up having to be drugged for him to actually end up with her at the end. And it's kind of like, it was kind of pretty clever, and it does this thing that, uh, in my opinion, because I'm not like a big romantic comedy guy, but it did this thing where... Why not? Uh, that I really... Why not? <laughs> why, why not? Why not? Seriously. I'm just, I'm kidding. So, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so, so like this is an example of like, I'll see one every once in a while that I really like, but for the most part, it's not my favorite genre. But uh, basically uh, what this movie does is it does this thing where it takes the characters and it puts them in these like funny situations and it does this thing where it's like, one thing leads to another leads to another and it shows all these different scenarios and it either increases the drama or the comedy every time and so like i thought i thought it was just really well done and i was kind of surprised so i just thought i'd mention that and since it has that sort of weird time travel aspect i thought it'd be worth mentioning for the show that sort of thing sure um and then the other movie i actually got a chance to see was onward oh yeah let's talk yeah tell me about <laughs> Um, I thought it was really good. I, uh... Was, did I spoil the gelatinous cube thing, or did you see what I was talking about in terms of, like, you know it's coming? <laughs> well, I was waiting for it to come, and I'm kind of, like, I'm curious if I watched the movie without knowing that, like, would I have seen it coming or not? Oh, but I, okay. I, did, I, do see what you, I do see what you mean. I thought that sequence was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> this movie is, like, it's a really good balance of, uh... One of my favorite things, and I don't know why this is, but I really like things that are set in, like, a modern-day, like, really relatable um, environment. But then there's, like, a whole adventure story that happens around, like, this normal town everybody lives in or something. And I feel like Onward, even though all the characters are, like, fantasy creatures, it still has that sort of, like, crazy adventure story within like a regular town and like yeah to me that harkens back to movies like big trouble in little china or like uh the goonies like the goonies yeah. is a classic example of that and i think this movie did that so well um but it also just like it i mean it's a pixar movie so in a way it goes without saying but it like definitely hit me in the feels like this was like right. a really really touching story like big time and i bet you cried like six times didn't you <laughs> at the end i was i was like tearing up i don't think an actual tear fell but <laughs> but you're choking them back like god damn it Pixar. oh yeah yeah for <laughs> sure um but i just loved the way everything played out i love like i said the whole adventure and the puzzle of the movie like the payoff to like all that was awesome um and you know just like hit me in the feels and just like the lore and the creatures and everything in the movie I thought was like pretty well done. It's definitely one of my favorite Pixar. Yeah, it, it definitely ranks up there in Pixar for me. So that might be a list later. So like some of these lists, I mean, we're like what tonight we're doing episode 89. So this is the 89 lists we've done since the beginning of the show, which I think is crazy. If there's any list, movies are going to keep coming out and they're going to be stacking up. So if there's any list that you ever want to revisit, man, just let me know and we'll <laughs> right. we'll revisit because you know we're like dude we really need to reevaluate this so um <laughs> and then we do 
the same list like ten times in a row. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with doing the same list if you're just like you know like you know tonight we're doing the Star Wars characters. Well, how much Star Wars stuff has come yeah. out? You know what I mean? And how much more Star Wars stuff did they have? They announced that's supposed to come out when they can make right. movies again. So, but but I, I like the idea of uh, next week if we did the exact same list again because like oh we actually tweaked our Star Wars list and we really think it's perfect for you guys this time. <laughs> um, it's actually pretty funny that it's the Star Wars list that this came up on. But uh, um, I know last week you didn't talk about on onward a lot. Did you have anything else to say about it necessarily, or because um, I know you're trying to avoid spoilers, and I guess we kind of still are since it's so new but well i didn't i want so no this everything about that movie was like just it was just all right like like when i say all right i don't mean like all it was all right no i mean like, like two it sep- was two separate words yeah all like right, like yeah. it was it was everything was done correctly everything was it was just it was like they it was i feel like they went it, i feel like that was all like first take like, it felt like they went in with the great idea and executed this great idea in the most perfect way, as opposed to, like, you know, because there's been animated films that have come out of Disney that have taken years and years and years of development because of rewrites and all this nonsense. Um, yeah. So, just overall, it's just, like, they just did an amazing job right away, and I feel like it was, like, we're, we did the most perfect thing on the first try. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, that's how the movie felt. Um and I just loved it from top to bottom. I, I haven't had a chance to watch it again, but I do want to watch it again, so. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, and then, like, even thinking, like, you were mentioning down to every details, like, everything was all correctly done. Like, even thinking to the, of the music in the movie, like, the music was so well done. Yeah. Like, when they're in the brother's van and, like, he's listening to a stereo, like, they don't use, like, any specific like real world song but like the music that he listens to is totally the music that that guy would listen to yeah you know like you know like, he's driving around listening to rush even though they can't use a rush song <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely so. um yeah no it's just it's just a phenomenal movie um i yeah i just but i think it's funny that you see what i was talking about with the gelatinous cube thing so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that that whole sequence was like an awesome uh, Indiana Jones part of the movie. Right, and then, like, seeing the gelatinous cube was just even cool. It was just so cool to see that, too, so. Yeah. Um, the, uh, is that all you really watched? Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, like, slim pickings for me this week. Okay, so, uh, you, so, there's a couple things. Um, I haven't really done a lot of reading, um, because I'm, I'm working on, uh, I'm working on a script right now, and I'm working on, uh, a D&D campaign, because I'm trying to figure out, my, my D&D group wants to try and figure out how we do this online, or, um, we're all gonna, like, sit in a driveway six feet apart from each other and play in the driveway. <laughs> um, I know they have, like, Sorry, I don't want to go on a huge tangent. I yeah. know they have, like, certain apps that you can set up, like, maps on and stuff yeah. like that. If you use, like, miniatures a lot. I've been, I've been looking at the virtual tabletops, and I know this. I know there's got to be at least one D&D player out there going, I know how to do it. And if you do, by all means, top5report at gmail.com, please answer, because I've been looking at Roll20, which is, seems to be the most popular, and I just think it's mm-hmm. kind of daunting to play with. So I'm trying to learn right. I'm trying to learn it, basically. Yeah, because um, some of these programs they have for doing doing exactly what you're talking about like playing a remote uh D game like some of them look beautiful like they look awesome but i have seen different maps and like stuff for those that sort of thing and i thought like man how much work 
do does the dm you know put Ex- in exactly this, so. and it's way more work than i do <laughs> for my regular game so yeah. it's the how does this work and we're just trying to we're working on some kinks so we'll make that work but um so in terms of writing which i'm gonna this goes back to the coronavirus real quick is um i tend when i write i always tend to write on I like writing science fiction and or uh, early future sci-fi, modern day action type stuff. That's usually the area that I kind of set myself in. Um, yeah. I don't write a lot of space because if I write space stuff, I always feel like I'm treading on stuff that's already been done, like Star Wars or Star Trek. I feel like it's too much of a ripoff. Um, okay. So um, I always try and write action adventure stuff like set more in a modern time period. And I realized that you cannot write from here on out without mentioning or acknowledging the coronavirus because you can no longer, and I thought about this in terms of film and television, going forward, you have to have people wearing face masks in the background or gloves at the grocery store or like just, it's going to be like, you can't write anymore without acknowledging this massive world event. I mean, it's, yeah, and, and that's and that, something and that seems, time will really tell how right. that's going to go. And it um, seems very strange to me. So I'm like, I was like writing this thing and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this right now. Like I can't, like, I can't even write in this time period right now. I don't even know how to handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was weird. So I've just been, I've been trying I mean, to play. You can always and, like look at it as like you're writing inside the matrix where it's like a preserved version of 1997 <laughs> or whatever, you know? True. Or, um, well, the coronavirus, we didn't have to deal with the coronavirus in 97, but I, like, that's yeah. my point. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And I was just thinking about like these television movie writers, they're going to be going in and, or someone writing their novel, like that's set modern day. And they're probably looking at the world going, holy crap, how do I not talk about this? Right. You know, how does this not come up in at least one line of like a single line of dialogue is all that needs to be in there or you know um you know the person's like i said at a grocery store and they pass someone wearing a mask and gloves and that's because that's now commonplace that's now in the world we live in that's just how it is so i just thought that was really an interesting look um so um yeah uh and then uh the only other thing the only thing i've watched is um uh, I've been watching a ton of community because it's on Netflix, yeah. um, which I love that show hands down. It's like one of the coolest shows out there. Um, so if you're not watching community on Netflix, you community, you should go watch community. It's great. The show came out in 2009 and ran for six seasons. Um, so it's over. So it's all there for you. Um, but it's such a, it's such a smart show. It really is. Um, uh, they, they they really know what they're doing, and knowing that the Russo brothers went from that to oh. Avengers, we talked about this last week too. Um, yeah, such a it's it's such it's so cool to like watch that show and think about, and it's in that hindsight thing, like knowing where they went, it just kind of makes the show a little cooler. Um, do, you, do you think you can see like hints of like where they were headed? Well, all? so and it made me wonder because I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, hold on a second, uh, Danny Pudi and. Um, Yvette and Nicole Brown both got cameos in the Avengers films. Um, but I don't think any of the rest of them did. So it makes me want to maybe check <laughs> to make sure. I mean, Donald Glover voices Miles Morales, so that technically counts as a Marvel. He, he was but, in uh, Homecoming. Um, 
Yeah, he was in Homecoming. Okay, I'll yeah. give you the Homecoming thing. I forgot about that one. Um, Which is in a Russo Brothers movie, but it's, they it's, could have it's, made that connection, you know? Right, so it's just Plus, like... Plus, I mean, there's the whole campaign for him to be Spider-Man, so that right. was, like, another, like, huge aspect. I mean, that's, like... If the Russo Brothers didn't give him that shoe-in, that's why they approached him for that role. Yeah. Um, and if none of the listeners know what we're talking about, like about 10 years ago, there was a huge like online campaign to have uh, Donald Glover be the next Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, but yeah, so I've been watching Community. It's great. Um, I just recently watched my one of probably my all-time favorite episode, and it deals with alternate, alternate timelines. Um, have you watched the show? It's uh, it's like one of those things. I've watched some episodes. Okay. Like I watched the D and D episode because everybody was telling me I had to. And the same thing mul- with the paintball one. There's uh, multiple D and D episodes. There's multiple paintball episodes. Um, <laughs> so I probably watched the first one of both of those. <laughs> well, this is brief spoiler, and I'll just I'll cover this real quick. The uh, there's an episode where they go to uh, Troy and Abed move in together and get an apartment. So they're doing like a housewarming party at their apartment, and yeah. um, they sit down and they're gonna play Yahtzee. Well, there's something wrong with their door buzzer, and they're waiting for the landlord to fix it. So when the pizza guy buzzes the door, someone's going to have to go down and let him in. So um, Joel McHale, Joel McHale's character, Jeff, goes, okay, I got it. I'm going to take this dice, starting on my left, with one. I'm going to roll the dice, and whoever it lands on goes and gets the pizza. <laughs> and, uh, okay. I, and Abed says... Okay, Jeff, you can do that, but by doing this, you're creating six alternate timelines. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is, and, it, and he goes, "Of course I am, Abed." So he, um, so the door, the door buzzes, and Jeff grabs the dice and he rolls it, and he goes, "Okay, you're gonna go." And the person gets up to go to get the pizza, and you watch the scene unfold, and then whatever happens happens, and then at the end of the scene, Abed takes a bite of the pizza and he goes, I wonder what happened in those other timelines. And the whole scene resets yeah. to a different dice roll. <laughs> so That's someone awesome. else leaves the room and you see the scene play out with a different person not in the room. <laughs> and you get to see <laughs> and you see all the different timelines and they get crazier and crazier and crazier all the way to the end. <laughs> That's so funny. That's um so this episode is exactly the same. Not exactly, but it's the same as that movie I mentioned earlier, Love Wedding oh, Repeat. Like and that's, that's another like alternate timeline thing. Yeah. It's like the same idea. It was just funny because he's like, I wonder what happened to those other timelines. And then it would reset. Um, yeah. So it was just really cool. You're also making me think it would be funny to, I know like it's so much fun to like speculate about like how do things, you know, change, like how do things play out differently if we like change one little thing. But I'd love to see a movie or a show where they went through that and literally nothing changed. <laughs> it'd be a funny play on that. Show. Um, you know what? You should watch the movie Sliding Doors. Okay. Um, there's a, I'm not going to spoil how it ends, but this is what happens. This is a this is an old movie. Uh, this is probably this probably came out uh, late '90s, maybe '97, '98 timeline, uh, time okay. period. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is the lead role in the movie and she has this uh she's living with this guy a very serious relationship and um she goes off to work and while he's gone you find out that he's cheating on her and um on her way home from work she's got to get the subway train to get to wherever i've seen i've seen this movie and she keep going but I, i realized i've seen this she gets on the train 
and then she gets home and catches him sleeping with the girl, and then, like, she's, like, uh, she catches him, and, um, they have it out, and then the movie goes on One Direction. But there's another version where it kind of resets itself, and you see what happens if she missed the train. Uh-huh. And didn't and didn't catch him cheating on her, and you get these two parallel stories that go back and forth, and you see how her life's different, and then in a weird way, it kind of veers how the timelines reconnect to themselves, and then the outcome at the end of the movie. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, I, it's I, a I it's a phenomenal that. phenomenal movie. Um, yeah, I have seen that one, and it is uh, it is super interesting, and it's like another. Um, like, we've been talking a lot about rom-coms tonight, but it's another one where I just thought that had, like, such an interesting take on, like, a romantic comedy, like, sort of movie, you know? And so, like, I actually really appreciated that one. I don't really remember the end, but I definitely remember the two different timelines <laughs> of it, and that being, like, super interesting. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, really cool. All right, dude, let's – we're, like, <laughs> behind. All you had was community. I take it. Yeah, all I had was community, okay. so we're we're kind of behind. Um, so uh, you ready to talk some news? Let's go for it. <laughs> um, give me one second. All right, just changing screen because I keep all this. Like I kind of grab stuff just, and kind of store it on my. I kind of store stuff on my phone for the yeah. week. Um, just play the news intro and you'll have some time to get, gather it all. Do, up. Do, do you think we need a news intro? I'll tell Ryan he needs to make a bumper. <laughs> It could be it could be funny. I think we should come up with an idea for one first, maybe. <laughs> All right, I'll uh, I'll you know what? I'll how about this? I'll let Ryan know and maybe he'll play or play with it or something like that. And yeah, then get maybe... some like cheery news like stuff. He he uh, tells me his he told me his favorite part of the show is editing and making new stuff. Like when I said make the theme song with the quotes in it and stuff like that. He just he okay. loves doing that stuff. So. Um, yeah, um, I'll think about that. Like, we should brainstorm some ideas and see where it takes us, I guess. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to be all over the place. Uh, we'll go. F- we'll see how this goes. Okay, so um, according to some sources, Supergirl Season 5 will only have 19 episodes to it instead of the usual 20 because of the coronavirus. Um, okay. This is not confirmed yet, but many sources are saying that's the case. What I think is interesting about this, and this is something I ha- we hadn't really thought about, is how does that affect other television shows? Um, are we going to end up seeing shortened seasons front and back, like the back of the current seasons that are ending versus the front end of the seasons to come out later next year? Um, it just makes. I, I, I absolutely think that we will. Like, I think this is going to be. Uh, I haven't thought too deeply of it, but I think like. Um, well, I haven't either. I just saw it and was like, ooh, that's interesting. So, yeah. um, I, I, I just think back to, uh, and I don't know what year it was, like if it was 2007, 2008, but the uh, writer strike when that happened. And uh, I just remember watching Lost, and I think it's season four of Lost is like had to be, you know, like a full season had to be shoved into like 14 episodes or something. And yeah. I hated that season because I felt like it was way too fast paced. But yeah. and I, will, I feel like uh, there's a crazy shake up, you know. I will definitely agree with that. but And I appreciate them for trying to keep the show going. But I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, since we're on DC, I'll hit you with this. Um, there is a synopsis of the Flash film, um, which had my brain... Uh, scratching a little bit we know it's we know it's flashpoint and we all we've talked 
many times about what Flashpoint is and the fact that Flash goes back to prevent his mom's death and it messes up the timeline and he's got to go back and fix that and can't fix everything properly. Yeah. So just a real quick recap. So here is, this is, this is, uh, what we get from DC now exclusive DC future plans for the flash film and universe revealed. The real story here is how important the flash is to the Warner brothers in officially resetting the justice league in a new DC EU. Uh, fandom wire has exclusively spoken to sources involved with the film to confirm that the offense of the new film have Barry Allen racing back through time to save his mother. However, when he comes back through the speed force after altering time, Forever adjustments to the DCU-EU will be made. While the Justice League is mentioned by name in the script, no other heroes are featured, and when Barry comes back through time, the Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League movies will be gone. Wonder Woman and Aquaman will remain cast as is, but Robert Pattinson's Batman will be one of the few new characters incorporated into this new resetted timeline. Okay. Um... um I don't know how true that is uh, because I kept talking about sources, but I was like, okay. <laughs> so, so when I, when like, I remember first hearing, and I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. So like if people want to call BS on this, they can, but whenever, as soon as I first heard like buzz that like flashpoint might be the plot they go with for the flash movie, I had like a suspicion that they might use it to reboot the universe. Cause that's what happened in the comics. Like we got the new 52 out of flashpoint and I just felt like they might use this to tie up any loose ends. They want recast any characters they want. Like they can kind of do anything with the story and kind of tie it all up in a nice little bow. Um, but, like, me saying that, like, you know I love, like, like I love the Zack Snyder DC movies, and I don't want to see those, like, just erased. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just had, like, my suspicions. I think it's weird to think that they're not going to have any of the previous DC characters make an appearance in, the, in Flashpoint, since, like, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, like, the whole Batman, like, uh, like, you know, Bat like Gotham City and Bat like Batman related characters take such a big part in the story. So I think that part I find confusing. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think it sucks because I'm, I and I don't care what the internet says. Batman vs Superman is a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Um, uh-huh. But without the casting of Ben Affleck, you gotta do something to alter things. So I get that. Um, I just oh. it it just kind of sucks. So I mean, you um, could do what Marvel does and just keep going with a different actor. Although yeah. I don't know if they've done it besides like War Machine. I'm trying to think of other notable In, people. Incredible, but... the the Hulk. Oh right, absolutely. But the, at the same well, here's time, the thing: it's... the Hulk for sure is noticeable. Um, as far as War Machine goes, I think the casting happened and no one really noticed. So, but I also think that like. War Machine was still more of a side character when the casting was made, you yeah, know, and now, yeah. like, people think of him more so as an Avenger, but before he was just kind of, like, yeah. an Iron Man side character, you yeah. know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I just, I was like, it sucks, but the fact that the Flash is an important thing for them, that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm disappointed to hear it, too. I don't know if it's true, but... 
if I'm going to look for a silver lining, there might be cool, you know, cohesive DC universe events and story arcs to look forward to after this. So yeah. we'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, and as much as I loved Batman v Superman too, like you got to remember that came out in what, 2016? Like it's been it's, four years since then. It's been, it's been a long time. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy to think about, but. Oh no, like, Batman, way, ba- wait, Batman vs Superman came out in yes. 2016. Yeah. So it's been four yeah, years. So, so Yeah. And like, as much as I'm disappointed with how Justice League went and how everything's gone since, like. I am ready for, like, kind of a new, fresh look at the DC Universe and maybe just, like, a cohesive vision again, you know? Because that's something that's been missing there for a while. Yep. Agreed. I'm Um, just trying to look at the positives. (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear you. All right, a couple more pieces of DC news. Um, Justice League Dark series coming to HBO Max. Uh, J- uh, that's that sounds awesome. JJ <laughs> uh, JJ a- Abrams developing Justice League Dark series as well as a spinoff of The Shining for HBO Max. Uh, he'll be diving into the DC Comics universe for one of his first projects under the New Deal with Warner Brothers. A new report shows series based on Justice League Dark is being developed, um, uh, uh, as well as a spinoff. I'm sorry, a spinoff for The Shining called Overlook. Uh, both set to stream on HBO Max, which means I guess I'm getting HBO Max. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so one thing I think it's funny, Justice League Dark. I feel like I feel like for a while they didn't know what to do with the Flash movie, and I feel like Justice League Dark is now that thing because like yeah, they've been wanting to do that movie for so long, and it's been like tossed around between directors and yada yada and now it's going to be a show instead of a movie yeah um if you are listening to this and you don't know what justice league dark is it's basically the it's basically a team of dc's magic users so we're talking john constantine zatanna uh dead man hopefully dead man's in the show holy cow that'd be amazing um swamp thing um uh frankenstein i yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah. So it's magic users and just like dark, like monstrous characters. Uh, Entergrin, Entergrin, the demon. So. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about the demon. Yeah. yeah. Um, just it's it's a really really cool like corner of the DC universe. So I just think yeah. that so I can't. I hope I hope that that's a thing. Um, um, I also want to comment the Shining series. That sounds awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Doctor Sleep yet. Not I, yet. I know I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but. After seeing that movie, like, I didn't know they were going to make a show in the same universe, but I'm telling you, like, if you watch Doctor Sleep, you'll see how, like, there are so many possibilities how for how they could make a series out of it. And I think it's something that, like, I think it's something that'll appeal to, like, a uh, horror fan, but also the people who are just kind of more into, like, just different nerdy stuff, like, even, like, superhero stuff, I think could probably get something out of this series. I mean, I don't know what the plot is going to be, so I might be speaking too soon. Right. But if they go with the same vibe as Dr. Sleep, I think it's really exciting, and I definitely stand by with what I just said, so. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, we're going to try and roll through these next ones quick, so keep your, com- <laughs> keep, keep your comments like We're just... I know that our list is going to take a while to talk about, <laughs> so okay. um, I uh, and I'm, I mean we might go quick. I just don't want to be like, oh my god, we've been talking forever. Um, and like by all means, if you want to talk forever, let's talk forever. I just you know, um, so uh, 
Suicide Squad, James Gunn sent out a couple tweets that I found really interesting. Um, he said, right now there is no reason for the Suicide Squad release date to move. We are, uh, we are on or ahead of schedule. We were extremely fortunate to wrap shooting and set, and set up editing from our homes um, due to the post-production team studio um, with Foresight before quarantine. And then he had a second tweet that said, right now, the plans with volume three are also exactly the same as they were before the coronavirus. Um, excuse me? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm assuming? That's what I was thinking, but then I was like, because he's doing the second Suicide Squad movie, it made me wonder if he's Ooh, making... <laughs> so, like, volume three does sound for sure like Guardians of the Galaxy 3. However... Because he's doing the second Suicide Squad movie, is that like some weird hint that hey, I'm gonna do the third one too? Because he didn't say Guardians or GOG or you know what I mean. So yeah, you would think that at this point, like Suicide Squad three would be so far off the radar. That right, but happen, for them, but... but for them to be like, hey, by the way, you know. So... <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. That's kind of funny to yeah. look at it in a cryptic way yeah. like that. Um, I just, hearing that, it just sounds like James Gunn had his shit together, though, and, like, knew to uh, make arrangements so they could finish the movie if they were in quarantine. So, kudos to him on that. Like, that's yeah. an awesome move as a director. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, Marvel real quick. Uh, Sam Raimi confirms he's directing Doctor Strange 2. Oh, okay, awesome. Awesome. Not much to say about that otherwise, other than I can't wait to see where Bruce Campbell falls in Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, it'll um, be cool to see Raimi return to a superhero property. Right, uh, and an interesting superhero property at that. So, um, and, like, maybe this will be his redemption from Spider-Man 3, too, so, yeah. Yeah, all right, so John Krasinski has reportedly met with Marvel Studios for an upcoming project. Okay, I don't know if he's playing somebody, like, acting or directing. Well, there's a big internet movement for him to be Mr. Fantastic. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God, that means Marvel saw, you know, there's a chance that that wasn't just an Internet fans going, this should be a thing, as opposed yeah. to, you know, so. I'm just because I'm just thinking of like after seeing A Quiet Place, like I feel like if he's a director like that could be a cool move, too. So it's kind of win win either way with this one. Yeah. Um, OK, so. um Let's see here. Uh, Dune. Remember when we were talking about Dune? Yes. All right. And I, I think I've seen a couple images leaked or released about Dune. There were 10 images released from Dune. Um, they look great. That's all I have to say about it is they just look great. They're just still I, images from the sets and uh, people walking around in the desert. <laughs> um, I think the only one I saw is, I want to say Zendaya. Is she in it? She's in it. Uh, okay. She's in it. I Jason Momoa's in it. Um, but I... I don't know Dune well enough to know what I'm looking at, so I haven't really looked close. No, that's these. yeah. So Zendaya's in it, and um, Jason Momoa's in it, and Tim Timothy Chalamet's in it, and like they just the picture and Oscar Isaac's in it too. They just look the photos just look great. So I was in when they said they were going to do it, and then here's what makes me really interested is it's going to be released in two parts. Um, which I always think that's cool when they do that in general. So cool. From what I understand, Dune is just such a big story, too. They have to. Yeah. It's like they would have to release it in multiple t parts. But Yep. Um, all right. Here is three more stories. They're all Disney. 
Um, so first off, Disney's Artemis Fowl um, will be streaming exclusively on June 12th on Disney+. Plus. Um, that was supposed to be a theater release. Um, it is no longer a theater release. It's straight to Disney+. Plus. Okay. So, um, and that's... We've talked about how they were saying that some things are going to be direct to Disney Plus kind of stuff as opposed to theaters, and I'm and I know that it was in response to the coronavirus, so it's just that one we knew for sure. And it makes you wonder if this is attracting even like it seems like everyone has Disney Plus, but maybe this is attracting more subscribers, and that's really what they're pushing for. It probably is. That's, and that's all people can do right now. Right, you know what I mean? and it's a way to get the and it's not the ideal way to get the box office dollars, but. It's the way to get box office dollars. Um, Disney Plus, on Star Wars Day, so that's May 4th, will be releasing a new television series. Um, so there's been some tweets about this, and I think people are wording it wrong, because they're wording it as, it's called Gallery Star Wars The Mandalorian. I think the show itself is called Gallery, and the subtitle for the first season is The Mandalorian, because what this is, it's going to be an eight-episode documentary on the making of The Mandalorian. This is, that's cool. Um, I just hope it's done in the traditional Star Wars documentary style, if you've ever watched the way Lucasfilm does their documentaries, because um, there is, uh, if you go to StarWars.com, they have this thing called The Star Wars Show, um, which is basically like a... a podcast uh, or a video podcast I guess you could say on starwars.com the hosts are really obnoxious um, I can't <laughs> I, I can't watch it because they're obnoxious um, okay. <laughs> like and I don't know are, are they are they like do they harken back to the old like g4 style ridiculousness uh, or like what like probably worse okay like I didn't I never found the g4 like I know g4 got a little ridiculous with some stuff but it ne their antics never bothered me this is oh, like I, I I love that. Like, I love the old G4 shows, but I could see, like, people getting annoyed with, like, certain ridiculous things, but I still love that stuff. I just, I was trying to picture what makes the hosts of the Star Wars show so obnoxious. I guess, I guess you would have to, I guess you would have to, um, watch an episode of it. I just think they're, okay. I just think they're obnoxious and their shtick is not funny and it's just like, you guys just, <laughs> just talk Star Wars. Um, but at any rate, it's, it's called Disney, it's called Disney Gallery, and the first, and I'm assuming it's not just, I, I have a feeling Disney Gallery is the show, so the first season is an eight-episode documentary on the making of The Mandalorian, and I'm really excited to watch, like, that sounds awesome, and then yeah. when they do the next series, maybe they'll do the making of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, hey, we're gonna do the making of this show, or oh, hey, we're gonna do the making of this thing that we did. So, oh, so the show's just called Gallery. It's not Star Wars Gallery. No, it's, it's called Gallery. Disney Gallery, and then the subtitle, okay. and then it's listed Star Wars The Mandalorian. So I have a feeling the show uh, is Disney Gallery, and then okay. the first season is The Mandalorian, and they're going to discuss how it was made. That's um, pretty neat. That's, I was hoping yeah. it was only Star Wars stuff, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, if it is, if it is, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, okay, the next, uh, the next story, and here's the weird one. I saved it for last. Um, yes. do you remember the animated Robin Hood film? Yeah. Okay. It looks like Disney will be making a animated, computer animated, live action version of that film. Didn't we talk about this once? We talked about it, we talked that it was a possible thing, or a rumor, <laughs> okay. and now it's so a confirmed it's thing. 
Okay. Um, but it's just, at the time, I think when we talked about it before, I was like, yeah, why not? And then when it came out that it was confirmed, I started thinking about seeing an animated fox in a Robin Hood costume with the bow and arrow. Like, it's just... <laughs> um, right, and is it, is it going to be a anthropomorphic fox, or is it going to be just a regular fox? Right. And if it is a regular fox, is he going to be wearing clothes, and why? <laughs> and right, you know, like, and, like, is it going to... so many Are they going to take a page from Sonic and make sure they get the animation right the first time and not redo the whole movie? And, yeah. Um, yeah so. I'd, almost be, I'd almost be more up for them, like, making a live action version of that movie with just human actors and just have like, you know, have characters who do look like the cartoon characters, but they don't have to literally be like a fox or a bear or a rooster. Like it can just be a guy who like, you know, plays the rooster so well and can give off that vibe so well that you well, don't question it, you know? They were, there was, there was talk about how the production team from the Pirates of the Caribbean films were supposed to do Robin Hood as their next project, and they never did. And I was like, I'd love to see a Pirates version of Robin Hood, I guess. I just because of, of the world you know, building, like, just because of the world building they did. No, absolutely. I think that that's... That on paper sounds awesome. My problem is, like, I feel like there's a Robin Hood adaptation every two years or so. So it's kind of just oversaturation of Robin Hood for me a little bit, but... Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to talk the list, man? Because we went way long. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, man. So, Ryan, uh, sorry this is later than usual, but uh, list time. for the top five. Okay, man. Um, ready to talk the list. Um, I have two honorable mentions. Um, I should probably tell what the list is. Um, what am I doing? Is this my first show? Um, what am I new? Um, yeah, so the, uh, the list tonight is our favorite, five favorite Star Wars characters. Now, um, the only reason I wanted to do this list was because I've been watching Star Wars in these weird 30-minute segments um, on my phone at work on my lunch break. Um, so um, I've been watching, like, I started chronologically, and I've just been kind of working my way through. So it's like these weird 30-minute chunks of Star Wars every day. Um, so I'm getting them in these weird little, like, pockets, and I'm, like, watching these, like, scenes, like, real in-depthly and whatnot. Um so uh, we're talking Star Wars characters, and now that the Skywalker saga has come to a close, yes, there's more Star Wars coming, but this is probably a really good time to discuss our favorite characters since we have a long wait until there's more new Star Wars. Mandalorian Season 2 aside. Um, so unless you have anything to add to that, um, it's your you have to go first because it was my pick. So Yeah, um, I have two honorable mentions. Um... Okay, yeah, um, sorry, I'm just trying to, like, think of what all I want to say about each thing, but, uh, the first one, the first honorable mention I am going with is Wicked, uh, the Ewok, that is correct, Witch, Wicked, um, I, didn't expect, and this I did is not one. expect Wicked to make, a <laughs> to even be discussed well, that's why, right. that's why he's an honorable mention, because this is one that just goes back to my childhood, like, as a kid, Wicket was my favorite Star Wars character. Um, I remember Drew, you, and Scott, and our cousins, and, you know, everybody, like, everybody in the family playing Star Wars, and a lot of people were different Jedis and stuff, and I always wanted to be Wicket, and I don't know if, it, if there was a little bit of, like, I drew the short end of the stick, and there was no other cool characters, but I thought this 
Ewok there's was plenty the of cool characters. I love. <laughs> huh? There's plenty of cool characters. <laughs> For sure. But no, no, you, you know what I'm saying, though. Right. But like, in my head, like, I was so happy to play Wicket. Um, I loved running around with a, uh, you know, with a stick, pretending it was a spear and stuff, and that was fun to play as. And, you know, there's tons of times I was pretending to hold a lightsaber, too, but... I just thought that uh, I just had to go back to it just because it was like my favorite when I was like so young and uh, the Ewoks when I was a kid just captured my imagination. So there you go. <laughs> right on. Uh, well, my first um, honorable mention is Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, okay. This made my short list. He is, um, he is the real Jedi master at the beginning. He is He's the master that everyone should have listened to. And uh, you don't find out until uh, Revenge of the Sith when Yoda realizes that him and Obi-Wan now have to become the students and listen to Qui-Gon because when all the Jedi were looking at the Force in a very under a, sci- under a microscope, very scientifically, and talking about midichlorians and all this stuff, Qui-Gon was the only one saying, it's a living thing. You know, you have to talk, you, you, you have to listen to the living Force and you have to, like, focus on that. And that's what... You know, that's what he was, like, talking about, and no one was listening to him. And um, in the end, you find out Qui-Gon was right the whole time. Um, and that's and because of that, it makes him such a cool, uh, profound character. Um, and that's one of the reasons. And I didn't, and I remember watching episode one of the, the first few times not really knowing how I felt about him as a character. And as time goes on and really, like, paying attention to what he was saying, he was right. And the entire Jedi Order was wrong. Um, and then it just, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always liked um, one thing, and, like, I can't comment on it as much as you, I think, in this case. But one thing I always appreciated about Qui-Gon Jinn is just how much of, like, a rebel he was. Like, how he, it was one of those things where if the Jedi Council told him to do something that he didn't agree with, like, he just wasn't going to do it. And I kind of... Because it was kind of like, I always thought that was kind of inspiring, that he was going to do what he thought was right, even if, like, his authority was telling him not to. And I thought that was, like, a cool aspect for that character. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man, what's your uh, next pick? <laughs> so my next one is an honorable mention, and I don't know how much it counts as a character, but I chose the uh, Rancor monster from Return <laughs> of the Jedi. And this all is right. another one where... Going back to when I was a kid, this is probably, like, like Wicket was my favorite character, but the Rancor was probably my second favorite character. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I just thought that monster looked so badass, and I think, like, that the Rancor just captured my imagination, and I loved Return of the Jedi and the whole Jabba sequence, and, like, it's a funny one, but it's, and it, I don't, how much can you call it a character? Like, there's not really any characterization to the Rancor, but... Yeah, it's no. Look, mention, the so. rancor is the rancor um, is one of the coolest creatures in the movies. Uh, period. Um, and with all these new movies coming out, with the uh, the new movies, the television shows, like Clone Wars being animated or Rebels being animated, and like having some of these other outlets, I really hope that I really wish we've seen more than just the one rancor. I really hope we do get to see another rancor at some point. Um, yeah, that that definitely would be cool. I remember I saw like you might have seen this before too. There's like this really awesome fan art that depicts uh, 
Darth Maul fighting a Rancor, um, like on Tatooine, and that just looks looks so cool. Yeah. But, and they um, put them they put them in the uh, Force Unleashed video games, and you actually had to fight a lot of Rancors in those games, um, which was awesome. It was one of the cool. It was like just awesome every time. I was like, sweet another Rancor. Um, <laughs> but you know, like I just it, I just hope that we get to see more because they're coming. It's just a, it's such a cool creature. So yeah, I do appreciate um, like off the top of my head, like, Attack of the Clones is, like, the best example of this, but when you see, like, other monsters in the Star Wars universe, and kind of, like, other creatures that they use for purposes as the Rancor and stuff, but I just feel like that, like, the Rancor monster from Return of the Jedi is so iconic, and none of the other creatures they've made, in my opinion, really stack up. You know, as far as, like, like the really giant, beastly creatures that they use to, like, devour prisoners like that sort of role yeah. like it's hard to find another one that's as iconic as that rancor monster so yeah yeah all right well my last honorable mention is the mandalorian um i've talked a, i've talked a lot about how much i love that show and i like the character and all that stuff the only reason this does not actually make my list is i haven't lived with him as long as the characters on my list um uh, that's the that's literally the only reason he didn't he was like a barely made it kind of cut so okay yeah that was right on. Uh, yeah he's just he's amazing and i've talked to, i've talked a lot about him so i don't want to go too deep unless you have something you want to add but he just i haven't lived with him long enough so i i really like the character i like um his convictions a lot in the show i think um it's cool to hear you pick a new character because I don't think any of my characters are really that new and it's hard to, when you're narrowing down Star Wars to like a top five list, it's very hard to include newer characters as well as obscure ones. So like, the, the, I just think it's a cool. So you're about to, you're about to give me your first pick on this list. Yes. And what I found difficult about doing this list is I come from the OT generation or the original trilogy generation. And I know you do too because of the household you lived, you grew up in. Um, because, you know, you had two older brothers, me and Scott, who, you know, we were already into Star Wars, so you basically didn't have a choice. Um, yeah. So you didn't grow, so your generation probably would have grown up with the prequels if we didn't, like, force feed Star Wars on you, you know? <laughs> so, but I, like. Yeah, I mean, I see myself as kind of really on the line like right. uh, me and most of my friends grew up watching the original trilogy but then uh in junior high and high school like that's when the prequels started coming out for me and like i just remember being super into the prequels in school and when i was younger i think i even liked the prequels better than the originals and you know now that i'm older i actually don't necessarily i don't necessarily agree with that in all cases but um yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I guess what I'm going around about way saying is that I just see myself really on the line. Like, there's people younger than me who are, like, just totally, like, prequel kids, and I definitely feel like I would straddle that line, so. Yeah, um, so yeah, I just, I found it difficult because I was, like, trying to incorporate everything and really pay attention to everything, but, like, you know, I've watched, so since Rise of Skywalker has been in my house, I've only watched it twice. I haven't had the time to, like, keep it on repeat like I normally do with other ones. So, um, I've only seen, so I've seen Rise of Skywalker five times now. Um, yeah. But, like, have I lived with Rey long enough to be able to mark Ranker as one of my favorite characters of all time? Or Kylo Ren? Or Poe Dameron? You know what I mean? So, 
um, that's the only reason, um, like, like, and that's why Mandalorian isn't higher on the list. I just, I haven't lived with the character long enough to really, like, say, yep, he makes a top five list, so. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he, that does not mean he's not going to make a top five list down the road if we ever revisit this. Um, uh, cause there's plenty of Mandalorian coming from like what it sounds like. So, uh, yeah, first, first actual pick tonight, man, go ahead. Yes, so my first actual pick is uh, Yoda. So this one's a weird one. I think I appreciate Yoda for the mystery he has and the wisdom he has. And um, his character design, I think, is amazing. I think he's a character who, when you look at, like, when you're first introduced to Yoda and The Empire Strikes Back, like, you look at him and he's kind of, like, really, like, off the wall and seems kind of crazy but once you start seeing his character just like the way his appearance is just totally fits with everything about him and uh i just you know we were just talking about the prequels and like at the end of attack of the clones when yoda has like the crazy lightsaber fight with uh count dooku like i liked that as well and like i i think it's cool that you have this character who can flip around and do these crazy lightsaber things and look really interesting while doing it but also you know has that strong like force powers and can kind of do those like really strong like force fighting as well um Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know if i have a ton more to say about this i just always thought yoda was a very interesting like looking character as well as just like thought he was interesting in general yeah no yoda's yoda's an interesting character to me because if you dig into the lore outside the films he doesn't his species is marked as unknown and his home planet is marked as unknown and like you don't know there's so much stuff you don't know about him and i think we're going to learn more about his species now with uh the child in um the mandalorian uh, and we're going to learn more about like where they come from as this goes but until then we don't know anything um so Yoda's always been this really cool guiding light and when you get to see Yoda in episode 8 you roll a tear a little bit cuz of the way the whole, that whole scene plays out and you're just like god that's awesome you know what i mean so yeah. um um i think i and i since you mentioned mandalorian i'm a little bit nervous about what they end up do what they end up revealing about the child and you know essentially yoda's race but uh we'll see you know how it plays out hell, they know, might, I still love the show, they, look john favreau is a smart guy and he might keep it real tight and not really and be super vague about it um yeah and we because, might you know the mystery of Yoda, I think, is one of the, uh, not just appealing, but I think it's one of the more impor- uh, uh, important, like, attributes of his character is just right. how mysterious and, and he is. And that's yeah. why I don't want a Yoda movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want a Yoda movie. I don't want a Yoda TV show. But I think that's the payoff with The Mandalorian, where they don't want, like, for example, one of the things that makes Boba Fett so mysterious is you don't know anything about the guy, right? So yeah. if you tell too much of a story, if you tell the Boba Fett story like in a movie form or a television show, you might end up like ruining the mystery of that character. And the same goes for Yoda. Those are the two, in my opinion, that shouldn't be touched. So what did they do? They created the show called The Mandalorian. We're going to tell a story about a completely different Mandalorian. Um, right. And we're going to like leave the mystery of Boba Fett behind, and you guys can just enjoy Boba Fett for what he is, but we're going to show you this other guy that makes Boba Fett look like a chump. And then... Then on top of that, we're going to give you baby Yoda, and you're going to learn about that without ruining the mystery of Yoda. 
Yeah, and I think that's amazing. Maybe like yeah, maybe the character of like I usually still call him the child, but like I feel like that character might go forward, and they could still. I'm not opposed to that character being like having a lot of future adventures. I'm just too. I'm a bit worried that they're gonna do something crazy with the origin and it's just going to, you know, ruin that intrigue for that species. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So what's uh, your first pick? Yeah, that's, man, we are going late. Um, all right. So <laughs> my, my first pick is R2-D2. Um, oh, this is a good one. I, yeah. Okay. Um, it sounds like you didn't think about this. I, I, yeah, I didn't really <laughs> think about droids too much. Um, I don't know if it would have changed my list, but yeah, you can't argue with this one. Um, R2-D2, R2-D2 is the family dog. He is the hero of a thousand devices. Um, he's just amazing all around from beginning to end. There's, I don't, there's no way you don't like R2-D2. Um, uh, he may not make everyone's top five list, but R2-D2 makes, sorry, he I mean, he's there from episode one all the way to episode nine. Like, he makes it through the entire saga. Um, and he's the smartest guy in the room always. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so. And he's, um, there's a lot of YouTube videos about it, about how, like, the way, like, those films played out never would have, you know, nothing would have happened the same way if R2-D2 wasn't there. And, you know, he's just, like, as integral integral a uh, role in just, as far as that that whole like original Skywalker saga, like he like helped so many things happen, and you don't realize it. And that's why I say like you can't argue against this one. And like for me, like it's kind of funny because like hearing that that's one of that's one of your top five. Like I feel like it should have made my list, but then I still don't know if it would have just with the other characters I picked. Yeah. But yeah, I got yeah. All right. Um. Well, your pick, man. Okay. Um. Trying to decide how I want. I'll go. Okay, so my next pick I'll go with is uh, Luke Skywalker. Um, this is another one where when um, I was a kid, we matched I, on this, by the way. Oh, nice. I don't. I hope you weren't saving this one because I was a little bit, but um, it doesn't. As long as we don't match on another one, I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Man, okay. Okay. Um. So Luke, like when I was younger. Um, Man, okay. I've been, Sorry, I, just, you know what? I, I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, and I've been thinking about it too. So go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I just, well, we've talked on the show about how, like, a lot of people talk about how they always wanted to be Han when they would play Star Wars with their friends and stuff. And I always wanted to be Luke because I just, I get that Han is, like, a really cool character and he's just, like, a really cool, like, guy, like, in general, but, like, to me, I always wanted a lightsaber, and I wanted to use the Force, and I think, you know, I did say a little bit ago, like, I was playing Wicked all the time, but if I wasn't playing Wicked, like, in my head, I was Luke. Even if I told my friends I was just being a random Jedi, like, I was being Luke, like, I was pretending to be him, and I think, uh, you know, just looking at his character and kind of, uh, like, I know how, like, he starts out as kind of the whiny farm boy and like he becomes like this you know like the greatest hero in the galaxy and i think like i kind of see that as like inspirational and kind of like something that like i feel like i can 
relate to as well, you know, like going from like a uh, whiny teenager and then coming of age into a, an adult man. And I still don't have my shit together as well as Luke did by the end of the original trilogy. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know where else to go with this one. What did you want to say about No, this? what I was going to say, because I, so I was always a Luke Skywalker person too. Like, you know, you want to be like, when you're a kid, like when you're a kid watching Star Wars, one of the coolest things in Star Wars is lightsabers. And yeah. who's got the lightsaber? And the only one you can relate to for the the one the one that most kids can relate to is Luke Skywalker. He had the lightsaber. Um, and I know kids growing up now had you know the prequels, so different Jedi characters with the Clone Wars and those other Jedi characters. But for me and my generation, Luke had the lightsaber. Yeah. So as a kid, like I always wanted to be Luke, and Luke was probably one of my all time favorite Star Wars characters, specifically because of the journey he goes on and wanting to. You know, he's, you know, the scene where he's on in Tatooine staring off at the twin sons, knowing there's a bigger life out there for him. And we've all been there. Every one of us can idealize with that. Everyone in the world can idealize with that, that there's something more for you out there. And we all stood there and looked at the sunset going, what else is out in the world for us? And that's what Luke was doing in that scene. So in, in a way, all of us wanted to be Luke Skywalker. And, um, and he gets the cool weapon and he gets to fly the fast ship and he gets to save the day blowing up the Death Star and, um... So Luke was always a favorite of mine just because of that alone. Um, and you mentioned Han Solo, and I always felt like you want to be Luke when you're younger because you idealize with that those ideas. And then when you become older, you want to be Han because he's the cool guy. Yeah. He's the cool guy with the cool car, and he gets the chicks. And <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? That's, so, I was actually just thinking about that. I wonder if it just depends what age you are when you watch the original right, trilogy, right. as far as like and, which character. And I know, and I and I and I've always liked Han Solo, but I know it's because of my age that Han Solo, it because of my age and the movie the, and the solo film, Han has become a much much cooler character to me as as I've as I've aged. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, I like my love of Luke as a character, like has just been so ingrained into my DNA since I've been a kid. And it actually wasn't until like, I mean, it's probably longer, but it feels like only a few years ago that I kind of started realizing how cool of a character Han was. And I know that sounds bad, but it's just like when I was younger, just I Han was never the character I wanted to be. So I think it was just like, but then I, I remember listening to like podcasts and so many people like gushing over Han that I kind of started to see that I guess. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so since we matched, this goes back to you. Is it safe to say that Han's your next pick? <laughs> no, it actually. Okay. Actually, Han didn't make my next pick. Oh. Um, I actually, since I don't want to match on things, I'll go with one that I don't think you'll pick, but I'm not sure. Um, I'm gonna go with Darth Maul. So. Oh. I figured that I figured that was gonna make your list. So yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite Star Wars characters, and it doesn't just go back to you know me being like sixth grade when Phantom Menace came out, and just I remember just the image of Darth Maul being the coolest thing I had ever seen, and I thought that that character just looked so awesome. And you know I saw the movie, and even though they don't do a lot to characterize him he i still thought he was really cool but then uh coming back to later on when like he appeared in the clone wars and uh like i haven't seen rebels like i've seen a lot of his stuff in clone wars i haven't seen his appearance in rebels but i've kind of like 
read some spoilers and stuff, and I just think, like, how who his character is and, like, how he survived, I think is just such a neat concept, and I just, I still think he's, like, he's just, like, I think it's just so badass, like, how he was literally, literally chopped in half, and he used, like, you know, hatred and just anger and, like, the dark side of the Force to keep himself alive, and, uh, I just think conceptually he is, like, a really interesting character, um, who visually I really appreciate as well, so. Darth Maul has gotten cooler and cooler and cooler as they've added to his mythos from how they made him survive episode one into the Clone Wars to his, uh, situation with the Mandalorians, um, and I can't wait to see how the Siege of Mandalore plays out, because he's involved in it. Um, if you, yeah. if you watch the Mandalorian, they talk about the fall of Mandalore, um, we don't, until the Siege of Mandalore starts, and it starts this Friday on Disney+, Plus. So it's the final four episodes of the Clone Wars Season 7, um, but it's going to cover what happened um, on Mandalore, um, and I can't, I just cannot wait to see the, what the Siege of Mandalore really is, but then putting um, Sam Witwer as the voice, holy God, what a, what wonderful casting for that, so, um, yeah. Absolutely, um, and like, uh, and the double-bladed one- lightsaber, I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and just to like touch on, uh, not to talk too long about Darth Maul, but like, like you're saying, like he's gotten cooler and cooler. And I think I really appreciate that. That it's like, yeah, when I first was introduced to him, I thought he was so awesome. But I like that he's not the one-trick pony we all thought he was gonna be. Like he has, yeah, yeah like you said, gotten cooler and cooler. And I just really appreciate that. So yeah. Um... All right, uh, my turn? Yes. Okay, so I was going to go from Luke Skywalker to Han Solo in my discussion. Um, okay. Because we talked, like, and so Han Solo is my next pick, but we talked about how Han, you know, you want to be Luke when you're a kid, and as you get older, you want to be Han, Han Solo. Um, and Han has Han is a character for me that as time has gone and as I've aged and as I've watched the movies again and again and again or watched the solo film again and again or uh, played a video game or read a book or whatever the case may be, Han Solo is a character that consistently gets cooler as you go. Um, and, I yeah, so that's... I, I, I kind of talked about that a little bit with the Luke Skywalker comments, but um, Han is just... It, he's just become such a cooler character to me as time's gone on, so... Um, absolutely i think um yeah and i i agree with that and like how he gets more relatable as you get older one thing i just thought of that we haven't touched on but i think uh han's sense of humor like as you get older just gets better and better too like how sarcastically he reacts to a lot of things and like i feel like i watched the original trilogy and so many of his lines like i actually laugh about whereas a kid i didn't you know think much of it so right yeah that's another aspect of him too so Um, all right man i'm throwing this back to you Okay, cool. So, okay. I am going to go with uh, Darth Vader for my next pick. Sweet, we matched. Um, okay, nice. We, we've we talked, well, I know when we did a character design, uh, like our top five favorite uh, or costume designs or whatever, I mentioned Darth Vader and talked about him a lot. And I do think, like, his costume is so iconic that he's just, like, outside of Star Wars, he's just one of the best characters like design wise just like in the history of film um but i just like i like i like the prequels and how you have the backstory for this character who became so so evil and like such a uh tyrant and seeing like how he went from like 
this like you know you know kid on tattoo tattooing to becoming like darth vader but then i like how um when you watch revenge of the sith and if you really pay attention you can kind of see how palpatine was kind of pulling the strings the whole way and maybe if Vader was in a different situation, maybe he wouldn't have ended up how he was. And, right. uh, and it really how, made, like, and it makes you wonder, did he really kill Padme or did Palpatine kill Padme? Absolutely. Um, and then just, there's also theories about how Vader is tied to Palpatine as far as, uh, even his survival, you know, like is Palpatine keeping Vader alive technically with the force, like after his accident. And I think there's just so much, Besides his character, because I think the downfall of, like, watching a good person go evil is, like, a really interesting sort of story arc. I also just think, um, and, like, the redemption of that is awesome, too. But besides that, I feel like, philosophically, like, there's so many interesting questions about his story. Like I was saying, like, Palpatine being tied to his survival, Palpatine pulling the strings, and, like, how Vader plays a role in all of that. And, uh... I don't know, I, I, as I get older, like, a lot of the philosophical force things kind of, I find very interesting in Star Wars, and that kind of yeah. really fits into this one as well. Yeah. Um, no, you're covering a lot of stuff, and, like, the things that, the thing about Vader, like, for me is, like, this, I kind of put this down on the spreadsheet as Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I guess I was kind of thinking it the same way, too, but it's just that image of darth vader really is like what uh, you know i always go to in my head but keep going no, yeah no i just because it makes me think about like him marching into the jedi temple in revenge of the sith and slaughtering the jedi with the 501st behind him and um you know seeing the scene in rogue one where he's walking on the hallway slaughtering the rebels trying to get the death star plans or yeah. you know just the the scenes where um and you know it's interesting is when you watch from the, that stuff to episode four where Darth Vader really wasn't, I didn't find him as nearly as imposing as I did the way in Empire, like in episode four, I mean, yeah, Darth Vader is a cool villain and he's one of the main villains and stuff, but then you watch episode five, Empire Strikes Back, and you see how angry he is and he's so like driven to find Luke and he doesn't, like nothing is going to stop him to get there and it's just, it's cool. And this one shot, um, and this is a shot that I always thought was absolutely astounding um, because we all know Darth Vader is a tall guy and it's, it's literally, it's super quick. So this is a blink and you miss it, but it's the, it's the lightsaber duel with Luke and Vader in cloud city. And they're now in the lower levels of cloud city, like right before Luke gets his hand chopped off and Luke is walking down a hallway and Vader comes out and takes a swing at him. And the way the camera rotates there is a cut where Vader is like, he's massive. I mean, he towers over Luke almost in like this anime sort of sense, like just yeah. bigger than life kind of like thing. And you're just like, God, he's huge. And then like, it's like I said, it's a blink and it's gone. Um, and then the fight just changes. But um, yeah, no, Vader, he's just such like, it's just, it's, it's an amazing story arc. And the thing that uh, caught my attention a while ago, a couple years ago that I'd never noticed before was when you talk about the title, The Return of the Jedi, you're referring to Darth Vader. That title is Vader. It's not Luke. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people think it's Luke because he had wow. his, you know, lost his hand in the duel with Vader, and then he comes back and it's the good guy and saves the day again. 
it's Vader that he's the return of the Jedi. He when he becomes Anakin Skywalker again, that's the return. Um, yeah, I I actually really like um, just in general Star Wars movie titles are. There's kind of an ambiguity that they build into a lot of the titles that I actually really appreciate. You know, like realizing that, and I could be wrong, but like the Phantom Menace is uh, Palpatine. You know, like Phantom Menace is Palpatine. Nobody knows that's who he is, and um, I, I I like that ambiguity and just kind of like you have to figure it out. You have to think about the title after seeing the movie to well, figure so, out. Well, so so we can mean, we know? can we can run through this real quick. So uh, the Phantom Menace is Palpatine. Um, the Attack of the Clones is the Battle of Geonosis. Uh, Revenge yeah. of the Sith is um, Order 66. Um, uh, A New Hope is Luke Skywalker. The Empire Strikes Back is the Battle of Hoth. Um, the Return of the Jedi is Darth Vader becoming Anakin Skywalker again. The Force Awakens is the Force Awakening within Rey. The Last Jedi is Luke Skywalker. And The Rise of Skywalker is Ben Solo, not Rey. Um, because Ben was redeemed for killing his father, he threw away Kylo Ren and became Ben Solo, the last remaining Skywalker. Absolutely, and I think um, with the rise of Skywalker being Ben Solo, it mirrors the uh, Return of the Jedi, like, true meaning of that title as well, so that's actually a good Um, thing to point out. One of the things I think is really cool is if you take the titles, The Phantom Menace and The Rise of Skywalker and flip the titles, the plots of those movies remain the same. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty neat. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Um, so that kind of throws it back to you for your final pick. Right. So um, with all that I just said, uh, I actually went with Palpatine. And, oh, all right. Uh, I don't know that Palpatine's like my number one favorite character. It's just kind of how I said my list. He ended up being the last one. But uh, as you can tell, like this, the whole like philosophical like aspect of this character and Vader and like just how Palpatine like was really pulling at the strings like the whole time behind the scenes. Like I really find that super interesting, as well as just kind of um, I dude that line in Return of the Jedi. Of his, where he says, um, everything that has transpired has done so according to my design. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, he's so, like, such an evil character, and I just, as much as, like, it's, like, sucks to say, like, I love a good villain, and because that's, like, to me, like, when a story has a good villain, like, it really makes it last, you know, long in your head, and, uh, the other thing is just, like, Palpatine, the visual of him is so, like, creepy, you know? Like, even though, like, you can kind of be like, well, he's a pale old guy in a robe, but it's like, yeah, but he just, like, when you really think about it, like, if you saw that guy walking towards you, like, <laughs> you would be freaked out. And I think that, like, is shown so well at the end of Revenge of the Sith after uh, the battle on Mustafar between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, when Palpatine comes down to retrieve Anakin... And uh, Palpatine's, like, there in, his, in the dark ro- robe, and there's the lava behind him, and then Anakin's, like, that charred corpse just on the ground. And it looks like, it just looks, like, so creepy and, like, satanic almost. Like, that just image I always found really compelling, because it just looks, like, so, like... I don't know, it really stuck with me for how creepy it looked in a weird way. And I don't yeah. know if I'm explaining it the best way, but I know you know what I mean. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I was thinking about what you were talking about. That I was thinking about the scoreboard aspect where Palpatine ruled 
the galaxy with an iron grip and took it. Like, he manipulated mm-hmm. everyone and took it from everyone, and he just, like, he, he ruled the galaxy. And uh, Voldemort couldn't take a high school... <laughs> Voldemort couldn't Voldemort couldn't take over high school. So it's just it made me laugh. So you want to talk about, you know, Voldemort being the ultimate bad guy. I would, you know, I don't know anyone who would bet on Voldemort in the battle of who would win in a fight, Palpatine or Voldemort. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I... With that being said, I, I'd like to say I am a fan of Harry Potter. <laughs> like, even though I agree with you, like Emperor, the Emperor is like a much stronger character. Like I still like both stories. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not knocking that. I just, I just, you know, <laughs> who would win in a fight between those characters? Um, the Emperor, and I don't know anyone who would argue with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, I guess that's my last pick, isn't it? Um, yes. And my final pick of the night, and that's why I said it's okay that Luke wasn't a hold on, is Ahsoka. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I could have called she, this one if I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what Andy's picking last. Um, <laughs> no, Ahsoka has... She was... When they announced what she was and who she was, it was such a weird, like, is this really a thing? Is this really happening? Like, what? Um, and then you see you see it for the first time, and she is a breath of fresh air. And... You get a story with her that no one else in Star Wars has. Um, not only is she apparently going to be in The Mandalorian Season 2, where she's going to be like, you know, we're going to see her post-Return of the Jedi, but her character story arc, being a part of the Jedi Order, and then being falsely accused for something, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Clone Wars yet, and then being kicked out of the Jedi Order... And then while she's removed from the Jedi Order, she sees the Jedi for what they really are. So when the Jedi let her come back, she turns away. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's... Talk about a hard step and that scene where she turns away to Anakin and he tries to get her to like reconsider and she's like, I can't do it. Um, like, that is the hard choice. That's That's a choice that heroes make. And... It's a choice that most people can't, and that's what makes her such a compelling character just on her own because she she truly follows her heart. And then you get to Rebels, and you see how she contributed to that conflict. And then from there, uh, the final episode of Rebels, they cover um, when, she, uh, you know, in Rebels, she finds out that what became of her master, what became of Anakin and turned into Darth Vader. She finds out the truth. But at the end of Rebels, you find out where she's going in relation to what happened with the Mandalorians. And you got to remember, she was heavily... In, she's apparently... Like, we're about to see the uh, uh, f- the Siege of Mandalore and Clone Wars, the final season. We're going to see her involvement. We know she's involved. We know she's friends with Bo-Katan. And how her involvement with the Mandalorians continued into Rebels. Which makes me really curious how it's going to continue into the Mandalorian show. Um... But her character arc is almost like Luke has the true hero's journey. Um, and it's always talked about Luke having the hero's journey in the uh, Joseph Campbell mythology. Um, but when you look at what Ahsoka's story arc really is, I think Ahsoka may have one of the most compelling stories in the entire franchise. Um, and every time, and like, and anytime she's on screen, I smile just a little bit. 
Um, even like notion, even like mentions, even if it's just quick little bits, you're like, yep, there's my girl. That's awesome. Like, here we go. Um, so yes, Ahsoka, like Ahsoka very quickly became probably one of my all time favorite Star Wars characters. And I really don't know in terms of like what I say, she's my favorite character. I really don't know if I could say that yet. I, because I've lived with like Luke and Han for so much longer, you know what I mean? So, um, but she very quickly, very quickly rose up the charts for me fast. Um, and then getting to meet Ashley, um, who voices her and it's just, that just kind of like, just made it even cooler. So, yeah. Awesome. I mean, I don't, I don't think I could say (laughs) anything that you just did. And I, you know a lot more about this character than me, but, uh, yeah, it all, that's all awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right then. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, man. Well, that kind of brings us to the end of this list. Um, what do you want to, what are we doing next week? Okay. So yeah, I, last week you kind of steered me in the direction of picking a year and we really haven't done that in a long time. We have not. That sounds uh, awesome. I was actually thinking about how last year we did a lot of those like 10 years ago and 20 years ago sort of lists. And I don't think we've done this this year yet so nope. i was thinking we could do 2000 or yeah 2010 that we could do 2010 okay yes um, so this is a year and, so if this is the first time you're listening to the show one of the things we do with years is we have to rank them um so we're actually have to rank uh that's the only rule we have to a year because we want to treat it like the oscars like this is our favorite of the year kind of thing so yeah and this this is one that i off the top of my head i couldn't think of anything right away that came out this year but Knowing where I was in my life, I feel like I saw a lot of stuff this year, so let's go forward. <laughs> this is the year after my son was born, so I wonder how okay. many I wonder how many movies I actually saw in the theater. Um, I know I've seen pretty much probably everything from 2010. I'm just saying I don't remember where um, I... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, that's cool. Well, how about this? That brings us to another episode in the can. Um, so, um, yes, I know the can's getting full, right? Um, <laughs> right. We're going to have to get a new can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you guys could, please check out our website at top5report.com. Um, there you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with our uh, link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, there you can interact with the show. Shoot us an email. Hit us up on our social media. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we are on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, there you can subscribe to us, and if you do, you won't miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. Um, we love the five stars, but we also understand criticism because it makes us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be spreading my new Snoke theory. Snoke theories are still cool, right? (laughs) (laughs) I loved the pause. That was great. Uh, All right, man. Um, For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Have a good night.